I'm filmmaker John Borowski of the Serial Killer Documentaries, and you're listening to Midwest Monsters Podcast. I'm excited. I'm sorry. I picked this topic. I love this movie. That's a scary movie. It's a scary movie. And it still affects me just the same. I cannot put that on. I gotta tell you, something about this movie worked for me. I was oh, like, it rocked. So, I mean, that's kind of, that's debatable, but I mean, it's a great movie. That, you know, I, it's my right as a viewer, as somebody who spends my money and time to go watch these films, to have my opinions and be disappointed. But that's what I love about about this group doing this podcast right now, is that on so many pages, <laughs> we're like right there with each other. But then, I mean, it, it's it's almost inevitable that, uh, you know, half the time we're going to go, you're out of your mind. You are out of your mind. I'm sorry, but that's... Welcome to the Midwest Monster Podcast. And now, here are your hosts... Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of the Midwest Monsters Podcast. And we're recording live uh, here in the city of... Hey, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't tell them where we are. Why not? Haven't you ever seen a horror movie? There could be some obsessed fan out there right now listening, taking notes, and figuring out our exact location, only to come here later. It could... could... And hem us up. It could happen. It could happen. Are you saying there are horror movies that are really about things that could really happen? I'm telling you, man, there is no way in the digital age we live in that there aren't people out there right now who could stalk us and kill us by everything we say on this show. Not everything's supernatural. It could happen to us. That'd be a great idea for a show. Yeah. It could happen? Yeah. Let's go ahead and pause. (laughs) Let's just run with this. What do you think, huh? Well, hey, we're the Midwest Monsters Podcast. <laughs> One of your hosts, I'm Grizzly Adner, joined by... Mad Chan. Professor Wagstaff. And friends, if you couldn't guess from our horrible dialogue there at the beginning... <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> it could happen and it did. This is a roundtable. <laughs> yes. About horror movies that could really happen. Yes. Um, we have done some things that touched on this vaguely. Yeah. In the past. Uh, we've had episodes where we talked about what scares you, but that definitely still involved a lot of supernatural stuff. Right. But we're talking about horror movies. We're throwing out supernatural. Yeah. And we're, we're, we understand that possession and whatever your feelings are about possession or things of that nature, we're, we're taking that and putting all that aside for yeah. a more one-on-one personal approach right because if you are not religious in the slightest then you would not believe in possession so right those those couldn't really happen to to you yeah and uh, people's idea and definition of realistic is subjective i mean some of the things maybe we'll mention in here some people wouldn't think of as common but yeah and we touched on in like situational horror or in atmosphere mm-hmm. you know it's like breaking down on the side of the road and yeah. walking up here and this happening right so right and so you know you may believe in aliens, but we've left those out of here, too, because to your average skeptic, not going to happen. Right. You know what I mean? So, so this is this doesn't involve monsters or vampires or even zombies at this point. Right. This just, this involves your fellow man. Yeah. 
and things that could really happen. What would you say is one of the earliest that could happen? That's I hard mean, to call because there's there's something that jumps out to me, not to cut you off, but for me in terms of big time, Psycho and Peeping Tom. Yeah. Now, I mean, I'm there's other examples before that with all kinds of crime movies and other things. Right. I I feel like that jarred audiences in a way that we're talking about. Like you went, oh yeah, like, that could happen. Right. I checked into a hotel before. Yeah. Checking a shower in the middle of nowhere. Right. You stopped at a flea bag motel. The car was running low on gas. You just couldn't keep your eyes open. Whatever reason, you stop at a flea bag on the side of the road. No other guests. So People have been there. Thinking? That's been a thing. Yeah, oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, and you make a good differentiation there because we're, you know, obviously we're a horror podcast. We're going to talk about horror and try to stay away from true crime as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But a lot of these movies are going to blur those lines. Yeah. They're going to be true crime and horror, but we, you know, there's lots of true crime movies that aren't horror movies. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think I'll bring more of a horror, just horror movie aspect to it. Whereas the professor we know is a big true crime fan and you teeter on both worlds. Yeah. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see where we go with this. It's interesting just bringing up Psycho and bringing up the horror of hotels. Let's start there. Vacancy. Vacancy, which yeah. <laughs> which borrowed from an earlier movie called Mountaintop Motel Massacre. Right. Which is horrible. <laughs> if you're a purist, you've probably seen Mountaintop, Mountaintop Motel Massacre. But, um, you know, it's uh, this notion, the, the lady who ran the hotel in that had underground tunnels connecting the rooms. Much right. like the, the, the idea in Vacancy. Not that far-fetched. No. It could really happen. That's yeah. the name of this, this episode. Right, it, right. Especially yeah. with these little podunk locations. Right. You get somebody who's who's gone, or that's the thing that they enjoy. They figure out through a series of events that they enjoy murder, or they enjoy torture, or dismemberment, or whatever it is that they enjoy, and they happen to have the resources of a small motel. Well, you're going to figure out a way to make things like this happen. Classic case. Not a movie, per se, but a real true crime story. Chicago, H.H. Uh, Holmes. Holmes. He he had this hotel for to accommodate the World's Fair or apartment building to accommodate the World's Fair. Was it a hotel or an apartment building? It was actually it was a whole building. Yeah, yeah. It was a whole building. He, he, there was a pharmacy underneath. He like yeah. kept sinking bad, uh, not real money. Right. In a lot of cases, yeah. kind of juggling it, cooking the books. But in essence, but it's by the, yeah. Were, by the time the fair hit, he had the whole structure. Right. And so, were his tenants. Were they renting or were they just hotel? Um, I think they were kind of renting in a sense of like short term, yeah, but okay. not just a common hotel, right? So yeah, like long term stay, right? But so, but the point I'm trying to make here is it did happen, right? He created a series of hallways and, and rooms yeah. and ways to sneak around this building, different torture rooms. Yeah. This is almost more bizarre than, than these a typical movies. horror movie, right? yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, uh, truth is stranger than fiction, as they say. <laughs> and uh, Henry, which oh yeah, tends Portrait. to teeter more towards a horror movie than true crime, is a true story. Portrait of a Serial Killer. Yeah, yeah, Henry Lee Lucas is who it's based on. Um, but that's commonly lumped in, you know what I mean, in horror discussion. So that's that's really kind of an interesting teetering between the two on what's just a straight true crime movie and what starts to blend into horror. But right. Yeah. Um, any other hotel ones that come to mind? Uh, Motel Hill, would you say that could happen? I, Some elements. I, parts of it, yeah. But not. I mean, they, they over exaggerate. That's neck. what makes it a great horror movie is the over exaggeration. 
It's like we, like uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You know, like we not only are taking people off the road and torturing them, but we're butchering them and selling them as meat in our shop. You see what I'm saying? Now, is somebody selling people as meat in a shop? Well, we don't know about that, but that's it. That could be a huge over-exaggeration. Right. And that's what makes it even more terrifying, the fact that you could have stopped at a roadside attraction that you thought was funny or you thought was interesting and picked up some local barbecue and it was people. Right. Like, you know, like it could happen. Right. Yeah. If you had the right set of circumstances. And I think that's a good segue into something like House of a Thousand Corpses. I was going to say, if you'll allow me the segue, but you're yeah. already making the segue. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just... A, a quaint little roadside attraction that's right off the beaten path that you stop at because it's got a murder ride or, or something that brings you there, that draws you there. And next thing you know, you're fighting for your life or the lives of those in the car with you from a group of deranged people. That could really happen. Now, in the, the Rob Zombie world of things, yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the things he does well. But House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, those are real situations, you know? Those are things that could happen. And that's the segue I want to stay in here. We've moved from hotels, and I want to talk about some of these movies that are not entirely could happen, but I want to talk about aspects of them that could yeah, before yeah. we dig into too much of the meat. You mentioned Texas Chainsaw Massacre. To some extent, a little realistic. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, 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 the setting, the things like that. Uh, definitely, I think that's why it's so scary is because you've been to those small towns, you've mm-hmm. been to those little, you know, little flat spots in the highway, as my dad would call them, you know. <laughs> um, but then again, you think about if we're talking about big movies here, and we're just talking about it could happen. The first Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a mother distraught at losing her child, stalking camp counselors. I mean. I think, like, I totally agree with what you guys are saying. I think my mindset is, is a little different on this topic in the sense of when I think of uh, movies of it could happen to you, I think of if it happened, would it be national headlines? Oh. Like, something like House of a Thousand Corpses, the whole country would know about that. Okay, that okay, I see what you're saying. If something like The Strangers happened in Arizona, I'm probably not going to hear about it. Yeah. that's. I mean, I might, but it's not going to be bizarre it's going to be human evil and so like that's not to crap on what you guys are mentioning it's just i hadn't even thought about like house with thousand corpses and something with like the devil's rejects for me it's more about the experience through the eyes of the villains mm-hmm. not the victims right um, right and so so once you guys said that i was like oh yeah oh that's that could great. totally happen yeah like I, mean, I just didn't think of it because the movie is more a centered on the villains right then what i mean there's some scenes obviously where you feel for the victims but right the vehicle of the film is those guys so i hadn't really thought about that those are and i only throw these though. out yeah no because i know the content's going to get heavy here soon yeah oh, yeah we're gonna yeah. get into those yeah yeah we're gonna get into some real meat but as we talk about the potatoes yeah you know i, I want to just throw out some of these that are you know horror movies that we've grown up loving and and that to realize that they could really happen um, now, obviously, like the Friday sequels, no. Right. But Friday 1. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Right. Halloween 1. You know. Up until he falls out the window. That's right. one person killing people. Right. Who has broken out of them and, yeah. 
mental institution and kind of, you know, like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now, obviously then we, we break the chain by saying like nightmare on Elm street. No, this is a guy who kills you in your dreams. Right. You know, like that's not right. So right. that that's, but, but I think there are some of these mainstream movies that we just take for granted that sure. There's a distinct possibility that it could happen. Right. And I think that's one of the things that as we progress as a society, we lose a lot of our, we lose a lot of our innocence. And that's why I think a lot they we look at those and that's why we're so terrified because it was so primitive. There were no cell phones, store bought ever. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the scary things. We talk about things that are actually scary. That's one of those scary things is you could pull off on the side of the highway for gas and nobody could ever see you again. There is a woman from our hometown who I won't say her name out of respect for her family that has been missing for 20 years. Yeah. You guys know who I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. She, but it's that's the that's the things direction happen. you're right. Heading. Yeah, exactly. yeah. That's, that's things, a great point. To happen, make. man. And it's we look at them like, and there's always this sense of, well, this show is like, well, it couldn't happen because of this. It couldn't happen because of that. Well, it could happen because of the same reasons. Well, that guy killed somebody. That happens every day. Whether we, do, I mean, what we know. Yeah. And what we don't know are two completely different things. I don't right. know anybody that's out there killing people right now. But there's somebody's out there doing it. Yeah. There's missing person signs everywhere. There's things happening. We find an uncovered bodies all the time because we're ever expanding our ever expanding world. It's happening. Yeah. Right. So. I was just riding with Vinny, friend of the show. Uh heading out, um, we went out to his hometown and we were heading down Wheeling, and we were no more than five miles from here. And just six months ago, the FBI was out there with backhoes digging, looking for a body because some snitch in jail said, you know, 20 years ago, uh, there's a big drug operation out there. And I think there's a couple bodies there. See, it, it happens. And that was just five yeah, miles. It gets dark every night. All <laughs> kinds of stuff we don't see. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's And it gets dark. All over the world. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like and it messes with your head too. And you start to think about it. Yeah. Oh, it really does. Um, on every corner. One of the things, and we'll, we'll dig in, like you said, into the meat in a second. But uh, when I travel cross country or at any distance with anybody, and some of you know that have ridden with me, I won't stop unless it's a major franchise chained truck stop area. Right. Well lit, at least 30 people running around a 24 right. hour all night major fast food chain diner like because i like to drive all through the night i you know i'm i'd sleep for a couple hours in the morning i like to drive straight through to wherever i'm going but that is my rule if we're gonna stop for gas we're not stopping in podunk podunk exit one whatever whatever we're stopping someplace huge because of that horror movies kind of have me train to stay in the big limelight well our, our family vacations growing up took us to some of the smallest, weirdest communities all over, like New England and the South and right. the Midwest. I mean, because, you know, dad was researching, you know, like burial sites of different people that sometimes were back in their small, weird little hometown. Right. And so I can remember even at a young age letting some of these kind of ideas that we're talking about mess with my head. Oh, like, definitely. Man, we probably shouldn't be back here. Like, <laughs> you don't need to go to Disney World, dad. <laughs> I always joke when I go to the family cemetery down in Kentucky, uh, East East uh, Jackson County, Sand Gap, Kentucky. I'm packing. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you turn down this gravel road and, and go this way. And it's like, you know, but you know, the pot farmer, the pot farmers, you know, the, the meth cooks, you know, like copperhead road, boy, you yeah, know it is. It's very much copperhead road. And so it's like, <laughs> I'm not wondering. I'm not, <laughs> do you think I was rolling out here blind? You know, yeah, exactly. So, so uh, let's, now let's get into the, the bulk of it. And you said one earlier that we could actually even start with a movie meth. Oh man, the idea. Okay, so a couple comes home after a late, late goes to his at the door. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's that is base camp one. You know what I'm saying it's like these people are out here. Nobody, you know, nobody's around to hear them scream. There's no in all of oh, movies yeah. where it's like, why are you doing this this to us? And she just because you were. When I watch that movie alone, I'm always looking over my shoulder because I have a. Where where I'm set up right, and then back through the kitchen, I have the sliding glass door and the door to the garage, and I'm just, it's eerie, man, just to sit there to watch a movie where somebody's sneaking around and mound and. That's exactly what we're talking about right here. I actually, I've I've begun to think that it's on a modern classic, and it's overlooked because it had, I think, big budget stars and success. That is a hell of a movie. It's like, was Liv Tyler? Liv in Tyler that? Was, yeah. was the draw. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would easily put that in like my top three uh, theater experiences. I don't care what anybody says. I was there opening night. People were a mess. It was a fun view. But yeah, I mean, I actually revisited uh, The Strangers yeah. for this episode. I wanted um, to. And I was very uh, refreshed with how in time afraid like i'm gonna watch it gonna think it's maybe kind of lame now it's quite the opposite i think i actually like it more now it's brutal i had the lecture sitting down with a lady for lunch this past week and this was the last horror movie that she watched and she was telling me about how she watched it when she watched it through blinders you know peeking through her hands and she was a grown adult woman she watched us the situation was so terrifying. Like she didn't understand why she even wanted to watch it. She's not a horror movie fan, but this was a movie she felt like she needed to watch. And she said she watched it with blinders and it still terrified her. And I was like, I understand because this movie is one of those that there's no ghost. There's nothing. You can't bless the house and he doesn't come in. You can't put salt on the doorways. I think something important to talk about for this topic too, is that, why these movies bother people so much and even you know ones is obviously that we'll talk about upcoming as well is that when we go to the movies typically especially with more of the supernatural horror and the and the special effects driven stuff they do the imagining for us mm-hmm. in this instance we've already done the imagination these are the things that when you're turning the lights out at the end of the night your brain irrationally imagines for you like mm-hmm. what if i turn around and a person standing there yeah you've already experienced these fears and so when somebody brings that to fruition on the screen and says well this is very realistic there's no promise this couldn't happen to you it's terrifying in a different way it's not a fun scary it's a jarring scary right and that's the big difference with these films i think and why you don't see them on t-shirts as often <laughs> and you know what i mean like yeah. people still love and respect them well, every but convention, there's the always difference. a trio of the trio of kids that that come as the stranger, the the people yeah. from the strangers. Every convention, there's always that trio, and they're the most sought after of, yeah. of photographs from other patrons. 
But you're right. It's I not... even think it'll continue to be appreciated more and more as time yeah. goes on. That particular one will. This is part of the reason. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever done this, but for a long time, I couldn't go into a strange bathroom without whipping that curtain back. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, like I'm, I'm being for yeah. Seriously, it's like yeah. checking the back seat after you grow up. You know, you hear the urban legends, and it wasn't just this movie. It's just everything horror movies in general. But it's like this thing that I did. It almost became a, a habit instead of a instead of an instinct, you know, instead of like, oh my goodness, I'm scared, but it became a habit. I would walk into our bathroom at an old house we lived in, and every time, because it was a creepy house, every time I would whip the curtain back. No, in the middle of the night, every time I would whip the curtain back, because I'd seen a movie where the guy was just waiting in the curtain, you know, waiting in the shower. Like, yeah, close closed the mirror. Yeah, yeah. seriously. Yeah. And I'm just like, no, not going to happen to me, not doing this, you know? Yeah. That, that's just kind of how it was, man. I, le- I like to let my imagination flow, but these, it flows over time. Well, and you, you raise a good point with, like, you'll go to the cons... And you won't see many shirts for these movies that we're talking about tonight. And these are also the movies that you own, but you only want to watch like once every five years. Usually, <laughs> usually thematically too. Like I'm, yes. I'm watching this group of related right. films for varying reasons. Because it, as you said, it's not fun, scary. No, no. These are not fun, scary. I remember I, uh, uh, some friends of mine had me on their podcast. They, they do a, a geek it's funny they do a geek uh, podcast called Church of the Geek, and they're two pastors, <laughs> and they you know they talk about geek stuff from comics to Star Wars, you name it. They had me on to do a Halloween episode because of our podcast, and they said, well, you know, they're like, we we don't have any problem with you liking horror movies, but how do you justify like fear in the face of like your faith, where Jesus says, do not be afraid? You know, I said, well, there are things that that he says, do not be afraid of. And I don't think that contradicts watching a fun, scary movie, <laughs> riding a roller coaster, skydiving, right, right. driving your motorcycle too fast. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like these things, those are fun thrills. These movies are not fun thrills. No. Right? These are the fears that are legitimate fears that you have in life. And that's why you can't watch them very often. That's yeah. why you don't wear t-shirts of these movies. That's why as we get older... There are things like in the work world that we are less afraid of, but there are things in real life that we are more afraid of because we have a lot more to lose mm-hmm. between houses, cars, wives, oh, children, yeah. like, or losing yourself and leaving all that destitute. You know what I mean? Like these yeah. become even more apparent and scary as we get older because we have more to care about. Well, so the story are... you referenced with hiking applies perfectly <laughs> right this, which yeah. you i think you said i've shared on, on here before but you know hiking with my late wife through mount state park and uh, you know two canoes full of guys go paddling past us on the white river and i thought because i wasn't packing my gun at the time not that i have one all the time <laughs> but two, two canoes full of guys walk by and i said boy if they wanted to they could just pull over the canoe and rape and kill us right now yeah Exactly. Now they didn't. They waved and said hello as they yeah. rolled by, you know, lifted a beer to us. But that applies perfectly to everything. We're yeah, saying. I was a newlywed at the time. It very. I was like, boy, it could all end right now. And on a bigger that's scale, these movies, yeah. I think the key thing that, that taps into that fear to remember is it's not always up to us. Sometimes right. it's up to the mean-spirited and the evil and, yeah. and, the, and you know, what, what they're doing. And so I think I think that's what's so scary about this stuff and why it's not fun. Like, I don't want to go to a convention with something like, I don't want to wear a shirt for I spit on your grave and make a friend out of that. 
No. <laughs> now there's a good now there's a good chance there's another person who enjoys that movie right. that comes up and talks to me about it and they turn out to be a nice normal person. But it's just kind of a bad taste. There's like, always in your that chance somebody's gonna it. come up and be like, he he he. No, I would me rather too, you brother. talk to me about my Night of the Demon shirt, <laughs> right? And you know what I mean? Like it's it's just a different kind of experience with these movies. As we always joke about, you don't typically make friends with the guy in the G.G. Allen shirt. No, no. <laughs> just like I spit on your grape shirt. Exactly. <laughs> so, well, to keep this rolling with strangers. Uh, I want to get to another movie and then also talk about a real-life event that kind of coincides with The Strangers in this next movie. But I want to talk about a little movie called Funny Games. Yes! I, I just... Oh, son! Oh. My. Gosh. The... So, everything you think you know about upper-class society people, whoever, when you watch Funny Games, it's like, what the hell? Like these kids who seem to have these great, and we don't know, and you don't know anything about them, right. but these these well prompted kids, these golf, or as far as we know, but they, the way they present themselves, these golf playing, high society, in your face, um, going to special schools, you know, like going to special college, you know, the high school. The kid said he was going to Harvard in the fall. Like these pedigreed children. Great term, pedigreed. Oh, pedigreed. these pedigreed yeah. children were just like um. It's time for y'all to die. And Funny Games was the one who floored me. And so much, I watched it again the other night. And oh my goodness, see, all these years later, I was still just in awe of everything that happened in this movie, man. Now, the English version is a remake, right? Yeah, the mm-hmm. exact. it's a shot-for-shot shot remake one decade later from the same writer and director. I've never seen the original. I haven't either. either. It's okay. an Australian movie. Okay. Austrian, not Australian, sorry. Okay, yeah. Austrian movie. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, man, uh, funny story, funny story for funny games. Uh, professor here and our friend Brian Jackson pressured me forever to watch this movie. <laughs> pressured me and pressured me to watch it. And then I watch it, and who comes over and yells at me for watching it? <laughs> professor and Brian Jackson. They're like, boy, why are you watching this, man? This movie's fucked up. And I'm like, you told me to watch it. So like, I feel like something's being left out of the middle here, but we'll run with it. it, it now, 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 obviously, they were jokingly yelling yeah. at me for watching the movie. But I was <laughs> like, boy, Robert, you're really messed up in the head. Have a for light night, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so they're watching funny games. Um, the premise, real quick, for those of you who don't know, these, as Chad said, these young guys come in, and first thing they do is they whack Tim Roth, the father, Tim Roth, right? Yeah, yeah. They whack Tim Roth in the knee and disable him with the with a golf club. Right, I add. like a pedigreed, like the kid drops a golf ball on the ground. Like it's everything that these people do when you watch this movie. Everything is foreshadowing for something that's going to happen later. Every single thing. Yeah, and you don't pick up on it right away, but it's like we're telling you your fate right now. And then halfway through this movie, they just come out and tell you your fate. Yeah. They're not even halfway, a third of the way through the movie. They're just like, no, you're going to die. We're going to play a game. You wanted to play a game. Here's a game. It's just like, oh my goodness. <laughs> like, and part of the it's hard intense. Part, yeah. Is to watch Tim Roth be helpless. Helpless. Yeah. He can't do anything. They whack him in the knee as he starts hemorrhaging. I didn't rewatch this for this recording, but I have seen it. Am I remembering this correctly? At one point, he basically is surrendered to just sitting on the couch and crying while yeah, this is going basically. on. Yeah, basically. Yes. 
Fun movie. <laughs> so, I mean, but these kids that come in, they they basically tell them that they're going to die, and they tell them that they're going to they get to choose what order in which they die. And you're sitting here going, man, you know, it's whatever, it's a movie. They break the fourth wall and they talk to you as the audience. Yeah. And they're just like, well, which one do you want to see die first? You know, they break the fourth wall, not too many times, but just enough to let you know, no, we're all in this together. You're here with us right now. Yeah. You know, and that's what kind of brings you in with funny games. It's like, oh, no, you're here with us right now. And they give them the option. And at one point, this kid breaks out. And runs away. After the kid had been held, they held him with a bag over his head. They made his mom get naked, which you don't see. So if that's what you're after, this isn't the movie for you. <laughs> but the point is they stri- they stripped her down to make her as vulnerable as they could. And then told her to get dressed just to exert their power over her. And that's the kind of movie this is. Yeah. It's no, you're going to do whatever we tell you to. And then the kid breaks free, comes back, is in the room, and the kids start. One of the guys starts counting down, and Michael Pitt goes to make himself a sandwich. And from the other room, you can hear the guy counting down, or you can't hear it anymore. He's just like 35, 34, 33. And Michael Pitt leaves, goes and makes a sandwich. And in your head, you're counting down. And as you get to one, there's a gunshot. <laughs> and he just kind of chuckles and takes a bite out of his sandwich. And you come back, and this kid is dead on the floor. It was horrible, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this, oh my this one I didn't feel like me re-watching it, I would really gain much. That's why I just <laughs> kind of skipped over it. I saw it once. I remember it. Uh, the standout scene for that for me was uh, Naomi Watts bouncing around the room in silence. That just goes on for like minutes. Trying to get free. Yeah. yeah. I, it's, just, it's the most agonizing scene because you, you actually feel helpless. No dialogue. Nothing. Just watching this desperate creature, you know, trying to get out of here and they leave that stagnant shot she gets up she leaves the room tim roth sits up i mean you live in that moment for like Mm -hmm. 10 minutes with their son with the son visibly dead in the floor the whole time yeah it was effective but it was but that's crazy but it's one of those situations where they say nobody's here yet nobody's here to hear you know it's nobody's here to hear you scream and we're taking care of that right now the closest people that are alive are across the lake, and we'll go take care of them tomorrow, which is the thing. I mean, it's crazy, and it all starts from, can we borrow some eggs? Yeah, That's how it all starts. The kid comes over to borrow some eggs. Can I borrow some eggs? And then next thing you know, the whole family's dead. It, it was effective. Dude. It, Funny Games was a great movie, but it could really happen. And that's why I got guns hidden all over the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we laugh, but it's true. No, it, no, it is true. <laughs> like, if you guys have ever seen Mr. and Mrs. Smith, that's kind of what we walk into every day. As I say that, he looks around. He's looking at the air conditioner. And, Trying to decide, uh, and the, last supper, the Last Supper big painting on the wall. <laughs> really, you punch the glass and, like, Jesus drops a 45. <laughs> ER. Uh, so... Um, Talking of the strangers and talking about funny games, I want to touch on a real life case: um, the Keddy Camp murders. Yeah, um, Cabin Twenty Eight is the name of the documentary. Uh, this girl and her boyfriend go out with some friends for the night, come home to the whole family murdered. Yeah, which is nope. what they said. Well, that's basically what they said. Loosely inspired the strangers. Right? Okay, 
And that that was I the think draw, so. yeah. like for a lot of people with the documentary. This is what they always yeah. said loosely inspired it. Um, they leave, come home, family's murdered, no clues, no suspects. No nothing. No nothing. And to this day, unsolved. Yeah. And the only murder that happened in that area, just nothing. There's theories. There's plenty of theories and conspiracies and things like that. Right. But that's a shoot. I mean, it's, I mean, this is kind of what happened. Like they just, and, and like grizzly murdered too. Not right. like, not like, you know, neatly shot in the head. Like it's, it's crazy. So uh, I definitely encourage everybody to check out cabin 28. It's a slow yeah. documentary. It's not as interesting though. Yeah, man, we get into this. So let's, uh, let's go back real quick before we move on to other films and let's examine the, um, the past ones that we've just talked about. These weren't, weird looking psychopath escape convict escape from a mental institute type people like michael pitt and the other guy i'm sorry i don't I, his name keeps escaping me from funny games were that they were like these pedigreed kids that were well prompted and dressed to play golf like coming in like the strangers they wore masks but they were in sundresses and he wore a suit and i mean yeah. it wasn't you know, it wasn't these strange, weird, like what you what it, you see in it movies. It wasn't the goth kid. What, right, what, it wasn't. It also wasn't like a, a big hulking guy in a in a mask made out of human flesh with a chainsaw. Right. It was it was a kid who looked him in the face with no mask because he didn't. He wasn't in fear that you were going to be able to tell on him later. Right. And they were methodic. That so was the other thing about it. Suffering from a a, a, a heavy case of. Affluenza, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that's one thing that we forget about. We're talking about it could really happen to you. Horror yeah. is that a lot of these people, they're not weirdos. They're not, they don't right. look right. that way. They look just like you. Yeah. Look just like me. Yeah. I yeah. mean, if you saw somebody look like Professor, I mean, yeah. You know, yeah. You get a little worried. You know, very true. Yeah. Uh, I want to shift gears here, unless Professor wants to shift gears and throw one out. No, how about it? All right. I can switch gears later. This will open up another uh, subgenre here. Let's talk about Eli Roth's Hostel. Okay, there you go. Now, now we've talked about we're going to do an Eli Roth episode in mm -hmm. the future. Uh, you know, I think that's why I'm going to keep Knock Knock Under Wraps, because he directed that one, so I'm going to keep that one. Okay. But it's another It Could Happen to You. Okay. I mean, I'm not, we're not going to dig into Hostel, but yeah. I just want to say, you know, it's... No, it's, I mean, for the future Eli Roth episode. I'll, I'll yeah. keep Knock Knock Under Wraps. So, um, you know, Hostel is about some, some kids traveling through Europe, and uh, they're looking for the, the hottest chicks and the dankest weed, and... Uh, <laughs> And they're going. And the premise is that they, they go to this youth hostel where mm -hmm. uh, they're in cahoots with this company that kidnaps people so that rich people can torture and kill them however they like. Yeah. And uh, this ruined international travel for a lot of people. Yeah. Brother, I'll tell you what. I, I would never. <laughs> right. I would never go stay at a hostel ever. Yeah, because I'm this, scared of certain this, hotels. This whole community isn't overtly wealthy so they're all working together on this yeah i mean it's terrifying yeah because you've got the women that we employ at the hostel that basically make it happen they're yeah the, they're the bait and these guys have no real choice let me paint this picture for you we all like going to tourist towns oh definitely okay i love nashville tennessee i love new orleans louisiana 
you go to those places and their income is super based on tourism. So what do you see on every corner there? Cops. Right. Keeping things safe mm-hmm. so that the tourists can spend money. Now, there are bad parts of those towns. Oh, right? yeah. like But when you go to the tourist parts, you are assured that nothing is going to happen to you because the cops are paid to make sure nothing happens to yeah. you. Because well, if something like, happens to you and you go Their job home, gets even harder if the city gets worse. You've, exactly. you've been to the islands. Right. So and, yeah. and you I'm sure you didn't run into the the action the the hardworking native who's white boy go home, you know, like Right. Yeah. I you mean, didn't run into that because I they just, want your that's how they make their I just income. got back from Honolulu, Hawaii. I've been to Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Same thing. You go to the, 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 the places where you spend money and there is never a moment of fear or danger. Yeah. Flip that on its head with hostile, the point you were <laughs> making. And you take these strange Eastern European towns that have been deserted since the Soviet Union fell, and their source of money is kidnapping and selling you. Yeah. So they're all working together. Because these kids are backpacking. There's no landmark they're there for. This right. is a stop. As I said, they're there for the finest women and the dankest weed. Yeah. They're not there to see St. Peter's Square. You know? All right. <laughs> so this is a big deal. This is a good point that you make. Like, the town is dependent upon that, and so the police are in on it. The residents mm-hmm. are in on it. Certainly, the the girls at the hostel are in on it. Yeah. So you're shit out of luck. Yeah, you shouldn't have got off the train. <laughs> right, right. So hostel, I think it's a fun one for it could happen. Uh, again, not an easy watch. Not no. an easy watch. Uh, Man, the uh, the scene with the the scene with the Achilles tendon every time. Like oh, I I cringe every that time. Girl's eye. The yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. Well, and I think too, it's uncomfortable because it it again taps into the fact that not all of us are good people. A right. lot of people have really black hearts. Yes, you, know, you keep saying us. I just want to point that out. <laughs> so There's three like, of us, us at the table, and not all of us are good people. <laughs> right. I'm pointing, I'm pointing at the professor right now. You got me. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's just something I think that is what makes that. Uh, a scary movie really isn't the gore. The gore almost becomes monotonous and annoying at times because the story's been so captivating. Right. Um, you just kind of get through that. What's chilling is to like listen to the participants and how excited they are for like this like almost collector's attitude. You know what I mean? Like right. bragging, you know, in the the changing room, like what tattoo. they're there for. Yeah. It's just is that Robble? Is that who that is? I can't. Remember, but remember. he was the overexcited guy. Yeah, 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 like that just killed me. Always plays an asshole. Well, yeah. and here's an interesting look at it too. We've talked about two very distinct, though we've talked about similar or, or several movies here. We talked about two different distinct subgenres within this genre: home invasion and out of your element. Oh, definitely. Psycho and the hotel movies. Hostel, the travel movies. This are these are all based on that can Where really you, happen because you're out of your element yeah, and you're forced to trust people and just hope. Right, mm-hmm. right. Whereas the other movies, as we were talking about with the strangers and funny games, those are terrifying because they're in your element. Mm-hmm. So they're both terrifying for different reasons. Yeah, I've been to some towns in northern Indiana, and I won't say any names for, <laughs> because we are the Midwest monsters. But I've been to some towns in northern Indiana where you stop and eat at that small town diner. And like everybody's kind of looking at you, and you know, not that there's any horror things going on, but you get that uneasy feeling already. And like you said, you're forced to trust these people. What's going in my food that I just ordered? 
is 100% legit. I'm the only outsider in this small town right now because we stopped because it was 3 in the morning and we wanted cheese fries or whatever you know like where you're eating at that like little bar on the border of indiana and ohio where you get good wings on wednesday night and you order like shots of tequila and everybody looks at you oh funny. dude that was so crazy man <laughs> like they got mad i didn't want the fish i just wanted some pizza man but no like they all drank whiskey and i ordered four shots of tequila and the next thing i know like I'm a spectacle, and I like it. It became into all right, man. If I have to burn this place down to get out of here, <laughs> shit's about to go up. Oh man! No, but I get you. Uh, and just in the same being a hostel, there was like Teresa's, which was a poor man's hostel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was a bad one. Yeah. Uh, and just some of those other ones. But okay, who's next? Who wants to throw something? Uh, I'll switch gears. Something uh, we haven't really focused on is the female angle. Um, in these mm-hmm. movies and movies, guess we don't even really want to talk about what we need to. We need to. Um, rape. Rape is a huge yeah. part of a lot of these films. One that no one at this table uh, takes lightly, but it no. is a big part uh, of the subject that we're covering. Um, Last House on the Left, while I don't think it holds up very well as a film, is from an academic standpoint one of the more important films um, in the horror genre. Um, I guess just let's start with that. What do you guys, how do you guys feel about that movie? I mean, obviously I know you're not big on rape and murder, but I think, um, I think as the, a viewer, what, what's that movie mean to you? And when you watch it, I think the baddies in that movie are, is what really got me is, and especially since one of them's female, like mm. there was a whole aspect to how much they were no pun, but getting off on what they were doing. It was a, it was a thing. And it wasn't just this, this thing that I'm going to go do. It was a group activity that they hunted this little girl down and then she escapes. And then it's again, you know, like, man, it's, it's like wounding. I don't know, man. It's like wounding an animal, then coming back just to wound it again and not kill it. You know, it's just, yeah, Yeah. I don't, I don't know, man. That like that movie, that movie's, well, it was, it's a hard it's, watch, man. I, it's important, too, to point out some, some important little things associated with it. The famous catchphrase, it's keep only reminding yourself, this yeah, is only a movie. movie. It's, it's only, only a movie. movie. Yeah. That's from this. We have the pairing of uh, the man who brought us Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees with mm-hmm. Sean Cunningham and, and Wes Craven. And I mean, so this picture is important for a number of reasons, not to mention... This was a kick in the teeth when this came out. I think it was maybe 72. I'm not sure off the top of my head. I think 72 but or 74 or something This like isn't that. closer to the slasher video era. This is like not far removed from the late 60s and when the code was lifted. Yeah. So, I mean, this would have been beyond upsetting. Nothing really being tackled much like this in film. I mean, and this is for all intents and purposes a, a grindhouse film. Yeah. Exploitation. I mean, yeah. 42nd Street. I mean, yeah. this is what we're talking about, you know. And and something important, too, I think that we should point out is, and I don't know if we'll talk much about it, but I Spit on Your Grave is also equally very uncomfortable. But the difference is, is it's very empowering. Mm-hmm. We get to watch the victim Take her harness the, the anger and the revenge and see the people get what they had coming to us. It's a much more painful journey with the last house on the left. Right. It's, and I mean, for me, I'm, I'm glad I've seen it. It's an important watch. And the only way I'll put that on is if I'm 
purposely trying to go through Wes Craven's movies at any point. Right. Otherwise, I have no desire to watch it. It doesn't hold up well. That's a funny thing. I bought that. Uh, I was living in Louisville, Kentucky uh, about 11 years ago, and I was really building my horror section, uh, my collection. And so I would go just to the, the local video store and buy used. It was like, you know, buy three, get one free or something like that. And yeah, so I would just stack, stack through and then just buy stuff that I knew were essentials that I'd never seen. And so I bought Last House on the left. I still own it. I haven't watched it since then. Yeah. I watched it then, appreciated it for what it was, was repulsed by what it was. Mm -hmm. uh, it's still on my shelf. Like, I don't want to get rid of it, but I don't want to watch it. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I, I know what you mean. It's weird. I have a limited edition print, uh, Last House on the Left limited edition print that I had David Hess sign. And uh, see, I don't he know how kinda... you got close enough to David Hess. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> dude, trust me, it was a thing, man. But David, but David Hess signed my print, and it was at a. Uh, for people that win, it was at uh, uh, Strongsville. But anyway, it, the, all, all the baddies were there. But, like, David Hess signed it, and I was just kind of, I was like, man, what am I doing? You know, like, it, it was a neat thing. You know, it was a neat yeah. experience. I'm glad I met the man. He passed away just a little while later. But, right. But at the same time, like, looking these people in the face, there was a, it takes you back, you know, because David Hess had aged and he was a smiling guy and he wasn't, he didn't look as mean, you know, but looking these people in the face was kind of hard because I met Camilla Keaton there too. Camille Keaton from, mm -hmm. I spent on your grave there too. And looking her in the face was the same kind of thing because it's like you watch them, even though it wasn't real, it was one of those movies that you watch them go through an experience. Yeah. So when I met Camille Keaton, it was like, oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. Like Now, one thing I do want to say just, for me as a viewer, uh, make sure I squeeze this in real quick, even if we don't want to go too far into the movie. Yeah. I spell your grave. I rewatched uh, for this episode. Um, obviously, the attack scenes on her are just as repulsive as they were, yeah. you know, the first time I saw the film. But I enjoyed the film overall so much more this go around. Um, I don't know if part of it was listening to her talk about her experience and her pride in the role she did. Right. But it, I really took note this go around about uh, her in the film and how courageous of a performance that was and how good it was. Right. Um, and that once we get past the despicable crime, we at least um, entertain the audience, but in a, a realistic way, in a rewarding way um, to kind of almost be cathartic for the disgust that we feel for the crime we witnessed. So, I just wanted to point out, for me at least as a viewer, right. I enjoyed that movie post-attack right. much more than I did the first time. Because the name was so enticing. It's got the great mean-looking cover with her yeah. walking with the knife. Mm -hmm. And so the first time I watched that, I just kind of sat there with my jaw down. And I was like, oh, this is foul. But this go-around, I appreciated much more of what she brought to that movie than just fixating on the rape right or, you know so i i think there there's there's much more merit to be held in that film um for me than last house on the left right that's just me though i don't know yeah i see Still i also i watched that i mean i also checked out the um the the remake mm -hmm. and like the remake has like two sequels right now okay, and nice, it's yeah. the what what it's getting at is like where that movie had such an impact, it's like once we start glorifying it 
and glorifying that genre, it it, it kind of takes some of it away. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. you kind of know what's going on. Yeah. Just like Hostel. You know, you watch Hostel. Hostel was terrifying by the time we get through Hostel too. It's like, eh. Yeah, exactly. But what's funny, didn't like Hostel too. Hostel 3. I watched, I watched <laughs> okay. it one time before I flew out yeah, to Vegas. I was like, funny. this is actually pretty entertaining. <laughs> I was right shocked. On. I saw it on Netflix late one night. I was like, whatever. <laughs> I was already a few beers in. Watched it. I was like, this is better than Hostel 2. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> funny side note. Uh, I just want to comment on I Spit on Your Grave before we leave that one, and which we can't get away from quick enough. But yeah, <laughs> uh, definitely a hard watch. Definitely. Uh, I mean, the, just... Over exaggerated rape scene, and then that's the, like she can't oh, get away. Oh like, my god, dude! Like thrusting yeah. is it, that's when it's it, it becomes it becomes hard to watch when it looks the way that those movies yeah. made it now, look. And I don't want to sound like weird here, but I I almost the second time around respected it more because it wasn't easy. It was disgusting, which. It is. Yeah. Oh, so I do. I I respected it more. I don't. It's so gross to watch. I mean, you almost feel guilty with that. It's like, I have all the things that could be on my TV. This is right (laughs) now. Uh, But yeah, I I feel you though. Like, especially when she, she stumbles off and we go after Uh, her again. I mean, it's just, it's repulsive. I could be watching Aladdin right now. Yeah. I could be watching Aladdin, but I'm watching. But yeah, there's like there's only like a quarter of the rape in Aladdin in that movie. You know what I'm saying? Like, fun side note before no, we leave that. Fun side note with rape, really. Uh, do do you know who that is on the cover of I Spit on Your Grave? What the 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 buttocks and the knife? The butt and the knife? No, huh. I don't remember. Demi Moore. Is it really? It's Demi Moore. Really? That's no joke. I heard it on a podcast once, and I verified it online. It is to me more. No kidding. Yeah, it was like early in her career, and you know, just told, modeling work basically. Yep. Huh. I'm gonna look that up. Real yeah, quick. man, that's a true story. I, I like to me more. That. Yeah, I like blow your mind. So, um, finna to get that poster. Let's let me do a fun. <laughs> let me do a, let me do a fun intermission here. Fun intermission. A uh, movie we would just watch recently for a mash. A movie that I enjoyed and you guys thought was okay. It could really happen. The house is October built. Um, yeah, I mean that. I mean, in fairness, that was part of my initial thought on it. Was uh, how anytime I'm in a haunt, right? I always think, well, these people wanted to hurt me. Nobody's going to notice. Kill me, it and looks they would like just think I was an actor right yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, no. And course, and the end of it too. I mean, yeah, they're looking for the most extreme haunt. You know, is people are wanting to do so yeah i thought else's october belt was a good one to throw on there yeah it really is For sure because that's another one of those you're in a weird place it's not your own you let you you're pardon me you're trusting everybody that's working in the haunt not to hurt you yeah uh another fun one that we don't have to go into and we even covered it um was a uh, cabin fever and one you wouldn't think of as it could happen to you, it's yeah. an infection. It is an, an infection. infection. It is an infection. I briefly thought about that, but didn't list it. But if you, yeah, I'll roll with that. Same with like the birds. I mean, it's not anything that's been proven that I should worry about. But yeah, it's. I got to thinking. I was like, well, there's nothing to to guarantee me that if I went out camping with you two dudes, that they're in some kind of little virus that could start right. eating me up. So that, no, as much a as a different I, kind of it could happen to you worry, but 
I like to be outside, but I think in my life, horror movies have kind of dulled me to being deep woods camping. Mm. Like, now it's like, yeah, let's go to a camp ground. Let's go to somebody's, we know's field. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, you, it's, but the idea of being deep woods, hiking, camping, to me now is just, it's not as appealing as it was 10 years ago. You know, like, oh, no, we're just, go, we'll just camp. We'll just sleep out. We don't even need a tent. We'll just sleep out under the, no. 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 no I'm good, player. No, I'm good. For legit. Like, I'm good. I may or may not have a gun in my bag, but the, my bag's over there. <laughs> you know, <I'm> right, <laughs> right. Because <laughs> as we as we learned in Deliverance, son, anything can happen to anybody. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Crazy. So, what are some other ones we want to mention before we're done? Go ahead, Matt Chan, you got any on the list? Nah, man. I like I said, I had knock knock, but I'm gonna save that for Eli Roth because it is one of those. Just it's not as much horror; it's just situational. It's like it could really happen to you too. People could just when people can come to your house unexpectedly, you know what I'm saying? And it, all of a sudden, situations are out of your control. And we don't like to think. We all like to think that man, if that did happen, I'd handle it this way. But you never know when you're in the moment how you're going to react to something. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why it could happen to you is was such a neat topic to cover because of all these movies. You could be out somewhere. You could be on the side of the road. You could break down. You could, all these things actually happen. It happened to me just the other day. Break mm -hmm. a breakdown. Yeah. It's, yeah. These you things. Could, um, you could be a waitress that wins a winning lottery ticket when with Nicolas Cage. And, <laughs> it uh, could happen to you. What I want to mention, going back to yeah. also the female experience that we have in is one of Stranger Calls, the original. Oh, yes. Uh, one of my earliest experiences was something that was very plausible. Um, it, I, I don't think we have any experience in the traditional style of the young babysitter at home mm -hmm. alone. But it's it's very basic, and that's what makes it scary. We've got the phone calls happening, and we've got the girl alone in the house. And we prey upon the vulnerability again, kind of like what men mentioned earlier. A lot of these times they're in a, a setting where they don't know the place that well. You assume the house you've been invited into to house sit or babysit um, is a safe one, but it's not your surroundings. Mm -hmm. And so with this one, they play on uh, very basic principles very well with the phone calls kind of questioning her. Uh, the structure to it is kind of unorthodox with a huge scare and then a huge downtime. And I don't know, it's just a, a very effective film with something that's very realistic. There's, yeah. It's not that far-fetched for somebody to know and be able to pinpoint that a young person is going to babysit and to go kill everybody in that house because they know there's not going to be anybody that will really be a big threat to stop them. Um, and they get their jollies from that. So it's a, it's a very effective movie. It holds up incredibly well for as desensitized as we have become over the last 30 and 40 years with movies, yeah. it's still scary. Um, yeah. I watched it the first night when I moved into a uh, condo here in Muncie. Yeah. Scared the hell out of me. I don't know what I was thinking because <laughs> I didn't know the sounds of the house that well. Right. right. And so the surround sound I had just set up and like you hear his voice behind you um, screwed me up. So yeah. that, that was one I thought for this genre, even though it doesn't really have much to chew into to go deep wise conversationally is definitely worth mentioning for the topic. Cause I think it's 
it's a uh, definitely worth a watch for anybody. Yeah. The first, the opening sequence of that movie is, I mean, Why it really is. It's check the children. Yes. Check the children. Dude, that's, it's freaky unto itself. And the fact that to me, this was by the time I'd seen this, it, it was a, what seventies? It came out in the seventies. But yeah, when I seen it though, it was way later, and I'd heard the urban legend so many times, and read the urban legend. Right. So seeing it come to life terrified me. Like I said, I didn't know what the rest of the movie was going to be like, and the rest of the movie is a decent movie. But I mean, it wasn't. But that opening sequence before the cops show up, or until the cops show up, horrifying. You know, it's like why haven't you checked the children? It's just like. Carol Kane plays that perfectly. There's a, the music in that. I mean, everything sets the mood, sets the tone. But it's something that could happen. Right. It's just like like House of the Devil. You know, like, not necessarily, you know, like, we're leaving some stuff out. But, I mean, just, like, House of the Devil. It's like, people, all you see ads all the time. Like, hey, come, I, I need a house sitter for this long. And I, I would never do that. Yeah. Like, people put themselves in these situations that I feel like I would never in my life consider doing. And then other people write horror movies about them. And I'm like, why'd you even do that? <laughs> it's like, oh, our cars our cars broke down. Both of them? Simultaneous? Get the fuck out. Right. You know? I'm, like, ask you to leave. I'm seriously, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know, man. Along the line of uh, obscene phone calls, uh, Black Christmas. Yeah, there you go. Another really good. It could happen. Somebody yeah. in the house with you, man. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, even more so with all the different people living there and the traffic. It would be less easy to fixate places. on. Yeah, totally. Good call. Uh, switch gears here. Okay. To another really despicable one. <laughs> Just watch Jack Ketchum's The Girl Next Door. Why don't you give me a premise of that real quick? I've never seen it. I know. Yeah, I know the real life story. Haven't seen the movie. So the movie is based on Ketchum's book. So names are changed because mm-hmm. Ketchum's book is based on the real life case. Yeah. So the, the movie is slightly different. So basically, um, there's this girl next door uh, to the, to, to the eyes of the protagonist in the story, this boy, um, it's in the sixties. And, uh, basically, uh, this girl and her sister to live with, uh, what's supposed to be their aunt in the book in the real life story that's not the case she's not really their aunt her parents work for like the circus and so they just leave her with this woman this woman has three boys and this woman starts to become jealous of this girl's beauty and that the the, the boys are attracted to her and she lets the boys who are all teenage and younger smoke and drink in the house and like she teaches them life lessons about sex and alcohol and things like that like and then she decides that they're going to tie this girl up in the basement and begin to torture her then rape her then torture and rape her mutilator and mutilator and just like an ongoing process of how far this goes and the boy the boy next door the protagonist from the story is the one who ultimately like helps her well she doesn't get away she dies yeah uh but like finally like he's the one that keeps telling the cops but this is the 60s and cops don't listen to kids in the 60s you know yeah whereas now if a kid's like 
oh, uh, you know, my dad looked at me cross-eyed. They threw the dad in jail. Mummy mm. came in my room. <laughs> right. Yeah. Monster squad. Uh, but um, yeah, this, <laughs> th- these were kids in the 60s. The cops didn't listen to them, you know. And so this girl died. And it, this is a true story. It happened in Indiana. I want to say like, yeah, like uh, New Lebanon area. Oh. Um, and so, Matt Jane, you got a No, I'm scared. Crazy look in your eyes. So, yeah, this happened in the 60s. And Sylvia so Likens. Yeah. It's crazy. They, I can't remember if it was made a few years after or before the one you watched, but American, an American Crime is also on the same thing, and it has uh, Ellen Page in it. Oh, really? I've never yeah. seen that. I, I haven't seen either one of them. To be perfectly honest, I, I knew the basic idea of the real-life case. I'm good. You know, yeah. like, it, no, no knock on watching the movie, um, but I catch him. The dark guy. I gotta admit, part of me watching it too is to deal with. Um, I'm in the forgiveness game, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it's my job to learn how to love and forgive and extend grace to people, right? Mm-hmm. And part of me always has to learn just how dark humanity can be in order yeah. to better learn how to love and forgive people. And watching movies like that really makes it tough. Yeah. Well, and if I remember correctly. The neighborhood kids joined in on the real life case. They did. She, yeah, she yeah, had so kids more from around the kids. neighborhood yeah, come that, in to torture too. That's a small too. point in the movie, a small yeah. part in the movie towards the end. But yeah, in which real I life. think should be a bigger one, even in a movie, right? Like, I mean, this this same ideas can be applied to so many things. It's an interesting and and dark aspect to humanity. How quickly some people just go to some bad places. Yeah, and anytime we get neighborhood kids involved in any kind of outside or inside project, you know, it's, it's a good thing for the community. Yeah. It's, it's team hey, building. Look, <laughs> not all Germans wanted to do what the Nazis were doing, but a lot of them wind up quickly to swing children by their ankles into walls and seem to enjoy doing it. I mean, there's some some points in time well, where it's, it's scary how quickly humans get in line and have some pretty nasty things in them. Not everybody. There's a lot of great, wonderful people who don't have any of that in them. Right. But I think that that's an important dynamic of this case is that I, I don't know if these kids were scared and doing it out of fear or if they joined in for enjoyment because mm-hmm. it was fun with the crowd. Right. But it's in it. I always thought it was a pretty important part of that that just made it even more despicable. Dang. It's like a parade of. Well, and part of that is because an adult told him it was okay. Yeah. And that's kind of a catch that they make in the movie is that this mother who is slowly unraveling, mm-hmm. she was never well to begin with, but right. she's slowly unraveling. She's not washing her clothes. She's not putting her makeup on eventually, but she used to be someone who did doll herself up because she wanted men to notice her, but they were noticing this pretty young girl instead. She's slowly unraveling and she's starting to look like shit. Yeah. And, but uh, it's interesting in the film. They say, you know, it's okay. She said so. But then she starts playing it back. Like they'll say, well, we can't do that. And she's like, well, that's how you said the game was played. You said so. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like she plays off of that. It's fucked, man. Yeah, it really is. I'll check it out, man. That sounds crazy. Yeah. Um, well, and just on a different, I think your wife would like it. So I like that. She would enjoy it, but she would like the content. No, no, that's so, what I'm saying. Like, yeah, things like that. Like for those who don't, I mean, I see a lot of true crime and a lot of, real cases because of my wife 
and that's one of her hobbies and or not hobbies, but I mean, she enjoys reading books and watching documentaries. And I've seen well, a lot of those. Was it part of her undergraduate in psych? Oh yeah, she has sociology with a minor in political science. Okay, and so the psychology and yeah, yeah, everything like so she took a lot of the, the yeah. psychologies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and so that's a the, you know the human condition and why we are the way we are and why we do the things we do is a lot of her interest a and doing that, man. Yeah. Like that fits right into what we're doing here. So I've seen the like with the professor like talking to him over the years. I learned that's a lot of stuff he likes, you know, true crime and things. And that's a lot of stuff she likes, too. And so it's neat being able to listen to two people. Prevent it and catch it. Well, and that's part of my gig, too. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? How do I heal the brokenness that resides inside of people from a faith aspect? You know what I mean? And and if by all means, if it's out of my pay grade, I'm like, you need to go to a therapist. (laughs) Once it gets out of my pay grade, once I'm like... We're done talking here. He's like, listen, there is no patient doctor confidentiality right now. I'm giving you three minutes to run. (laughs) And uh, something I think that is important to mention that I don't think has really been put into film, but that applies to much of what we've talked about tonight, ranging from funny funny games um, and kind of that uh, world of pedigree with with the entitled um, and and, and the, the sheer entertainment and the nastiness. Uh, that we dealt with earlier applies to a case that happened almost to the day we're recording in 1924. Um, I think it was May 21st, uh, Leopold and Loeb. Oh, yeah. Uh, for sh- sheer entertainment purposes, wanted to get away with murder and murdered a little boy uh, for no reason. And they weren't stone cold killers, like in terms of they had been wanting to do this and then kill some more. They wanted to kill a person just because they thought they were smarter than everybody I wanted to see and they get, get away, away with, with it. it. And well, and the, and the, the one genius left his prescription glasses with his name on it at the scene of the crime. They tracked him down pretty quick, but I mean that we're coming up on a hundred years since that happened. And really, I mean, up until OJ that, and I think the uh, Lindbergh baby were kind of the, the crimes of the century. Yeah. And I mean, that just shocked everybody. You mean to tell me these two, well-to-do kids murdered this younger kid just to see if they could get away with it. And it was kind of like this, you know, sobering moment. <laughs> and really, I mean, God, look what we have had since then. And, and especially in American culture and our society. And rope is loosely based on that, right? Yeah. It's yeah. And we've rope. had some things touch on it like that. RSVP. RSVP with Jamie is. Yeah. I, I thought just by timing, uh, it just kind of clicked yeah. earlier when we were talking about uh, funny games. It reminded me yeah. of those two. And then this time of year. Because, I mean, we brought up H.H. Uh, H. Holmes. He just brought up Leopold and Loeb. Like, these are real, like, Albert Fish. Um, oh, Carl Panzram. Like, these people, Ed Gein. Mm-hmm. These people are real. Bundy, Ted Casey. Bundy, Gacy. Why do I was trying to? I was trying to. But yeah, these people are real. Yeah. Like, and the thing, the crazy thing about it is, and it, it's an argument, and it's not a discussion. It's an argument because people feel so strongly one way or the other. It's like we glorify and and write them into movies and tell their stories more heroic than they should ever be told and in our lifetime and people come out in droves to watch them or in 
like Zodiac, you know, just there's tons of them. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not glorifying any of them. I'm just saying like the, we talk about it could happen to you. Well, you watch a lot of these movies and you're like, man, that was BTK, man. That was messed up. But at the same time, it really happened. These people yeah. are real. There's real people like that. So anytime, if you take nothing else from this, anytime you're walking around and you're like, oh, that could never happen to me. That's what these between them thousand victims or hundreds of victims said. Oh, that'll never happen to me. And it did. Yeah. Be, if through people who weren't anything different than any of you or any of us. And I think that's the that's the weird thing about it because it could happen to you. You know, your roadside attraction, your stop to help a man on the street. You know, like everybody has that moment of, man, should I stop and help this guy? Or what would happen to me? You know, right, like right. it's not always because you don't want to give. It's because you, you have that moment of, man, I don't know. Am I going to die like a sucker right here on the side yeah. of the street? It's like well, I, will... I think a lot of the people's attraction to – especially the serial killer stuff is, is facing things that scare you um, to some degree, which I mean is why we like horror movies. But yeah, I don't understand when it teeters into the glorification, like, uh, you know, no judgment, but like when I see somebody wearing a Ted Bundy shirt, I'm like, do you really like, is that cool? Is that, yeah. Is that what's hot on the streets right yeah, now? Yeah. Like, I mean, if you want to wear it, express yourself, do whatever. Like, I just, I don't understand that. And this is coming from a guy yeah. I have read a ton of books on Ted Bundy. It fascinates me. I like learning about why he was the way he was and why we can't figure that out and how they caught him and how we prevent more Ted Bundys in the future. It's not about thinking he's cool. Right. So when you're wearing a shirt like that, it, it kind of worries me. It's like I, maybe maybe you got the wrong message from that famous case. Uh, but is there is there any other movies anybody wants to mention? You know what, man? I think movie-wise, I'm kind of tapped on – I mean, there's more that we could cover. But at this point, I feel like it's the premise. You know, like anything could happen to anybody at any given time. Yeah. But there's just certain movies that just – and maybe we'll come back and we'll do another episode on um, movies based on true crime stories. Yeah, yeah, like, that'd be good. More specifically, like, like take a case, like yeah. three cases, and right. You like, could say like, well, psychos at Gein. Well, yeah. kind of, kind of, and you Texas Chainsaws at Gein. Well, kind, kind of. of, yeah. But yeah. Uh, uh, more specifically, we could talk about things like Zodiac, Zodiac or yeah. To Catch a Killer, BTK, or When a Stranger, or um. The Stranger Beside Me. You know, what's that? Deliberate Stranger? Are you Deliberate talking about the stranger. movie? Yeah, Deliberate yeah. Stranger. Stranger Beside Me is a hell of a book, though. Best true crime book you can read. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what was that one? Uh, stranger Beside Me. Anne Rule's basically what put her on the scene about her working with Ted Bundy before he was Ted Bundy. And she was an, an aspiring crime writer. They worked at a, a hotline together. Anyways, we'll, cool. we'll cover that in a future one. Yeah. I think we've uh, I think we've done this one pretty well. I think yeah, we we've yeah. worked the insides and got, outs. We'll, we'll put the warning up that we got heavy on this one. We got heavy. <laughs> we got heavy. Not one you're going to listen to while you're drinking with your friends yeah. on Friday night. Uh, one movie I just want to throw out. We don't even have to go into it. Just one that I watched for this that enjoyed. Hush. Maybe we should cover. Oh that. man, we, I can't believe. Okay, add them. Let's go into Hush. Watch it. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I just want to say here's why you should watch it. It's inventive. It takes a basic premise that we've seen a thousand times, you know, with the one person in the home being terrorized by another, but here's the catch. She is deaf. Right. And there's all kinds of things that, that make this such a different type of film um, with how she's got her house set up to protect herself. 
and how that makes it just an unbelievably entertaining film. Oh, definitely. Um, ranging from little things like she's a writer, her character is. Right. And so she works out storylines in her head. So there's this interesting way with listening to her deal with this mentally. So you actually get to hear her character talk, but it's in to herself. Oh. And you got little things like her smoke alarm is a light because she obviously right. can't hear it, but it sounds off crazy noise and all this other, just a lot of inventive things. Maybe we can go into that film more in depth yeah. on another episode. Yeah. But one I did at least want to mention because there hasn't been a lot since the strangers really. Right. That, that kind of really caught on and this one has it seems like it's starting to catch a lot of steam so it's on netflix watch it oh right, dude definitely right there for you definitely i i have to second that watch hush man hush is uh i i think i i immediately after i got done watching it i think i wouldn't even done watching it i was already texting these two like hey man you guys gotta watch hush if you haven't yet like yes. it was the way to go good stuff good episode cool right on yeah, really enjoyed doing this. Uh, don't forget to check out everything Midwest Monsters at www.midwestmonsters.net. And you can follow it. That's got our blog. If you guys haven't aren't caught up to the blog, let you know where we're going to be at all times. And don't forget our social media. You can check, find us on the Facebook and follow the professor on Instagram. And, uh, uh, still active on Twitter. Yes. Still active on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> the few people who are. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, great. Well, uh, wrapping up another roundtable discussion here. I am one of your hosts, the Grizzly Abner, joined by Matt Chan, Professor Wagstaff. Stay scary. <laughs>